This is the Red Beard Podcast. Hold on to your butt. Do we really suck? Or is this guy really that good? I have one speed, I have one gear. Go! Yo, what's up? Welcome to the Red Beard Podcast. This is your boy Cooley. And uh, as usual, no, not as usual, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I was trying to gas you up and make you think that Tony was going to pop on here in a, any second and just say, hey, it's Tony. Um, <laughs> but you know what? Tony can't be here today. And we miss him. Ab- absolutely miss him. Uh, but you know what? He's having a blast right now uh, out there on a cruise uh, with the new wife. Uh, well, not like he had an old wife, but uh, with, a, with a wife uh, that he just acquired uh, well, that's also not true. I mean, like he's been with her for a while, but you know, it's, you know, it's a new situation. Like they actually have rings on and they, they commit it to each other forever. Uh, so Tony, Becca, congratulations. And I hope you are enjoying the shit out of that cruise and we'll see you guys soon. But you know, for now the show must go on, right? The show's got to go on. So, you know, today we're going to be recording via Skype, which is going to result in some different audio qualities um, from what you're used to. So bear in mind that, you know, like the audio levels may be a little bit weird uh, just because I'll be using Skype instead of the usual recording application that I use. So, uh, yeah, and, you, and you've heard the Skype stuff before. It's just going to be weird because I'm actually recording this and then also adding the Skype. So it's going to be like this weird, like back and forth kind of vibe. I'm going to try and compress and, and, you know, get the audio levels as good as possible. But, um, you know, just bear that in mind. That's all. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to have Quan Star on the show. He is a, uh, hip hop artist out of Atlanta, Georgia. He's very talented, very creative. And, you know, I think you guys are going to love him. So here we go. So what's up? Man, shit, man, getting ready for, I'm doing like, um, we're doing some Texas, we're doing a, a Texas leg of our tour, the Spring Up Tour, um, next week, Tuesday through Saturday, so we're doing like Jackson, Mississippi, then we're doing Dallas, Austin, and San Marcos, so like I'm getting all the merch you know what I'm saying? I'm like Mr. Independent. So if I ain't got to pay for it, I just do it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I got like the um, the inkjet printer that, that prints on the CDs. And and then we I've been um, doing this like a sort of biodegradable um, fancy, just different. It's like I make CD covers out of paper bags. All right. And then I, um, I just saw like some arts and crafts shit one day and I was like, dang, I could do something with, with CD covers. So I just got hole punchers and, and little uh, clasps and all that shit. So. Nice, nice. Yeah, man, so it's like uh, some environmentally conscious shit. Yeah, yeah, I figured, you know what I'm saying? Because honestly, when you're traveling sometimes, I hate, I hate jewel cases because they crack so damn easily. So, like, I've always been looking for different things, like cardboard sleeves, other things that don't crack as easily. Yep, yep. And um, it's just, I came across, though, I, I got that idea and was like, ah, let's do it. Yo, man, so uh, your name is Quan. Mm-hmm. Go by Quan Star. Yeah. Uh, 
Actually, my government name is Janal Dequan Harris. Oh, that explains the Skype name that I saw because yeah. I was like, I don't even know who this is sending a yeah, contact yeah, request. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's my that's my government name. That's my government name. That's my um, corporate contact name when I hit folks up about sponsors and shit like that. They talk right. to Janal Harris. <laughs> Word. So, so tell tell our audience a little bit about yourself, what you do, uh, what your story is, right, uh, and like how you got into this. Well, my name's Quan Star, stage name. Um, I'm an MC, writer, um, filmmaker, uh, director. You know what I'm saying? Um, I've been in hip hop professionally since 2001. Put out. 11 studio albums all together nine solo two uh with my initially with my hip-hop band first team um wrote a book have a comic book series uh i was born uh, i'm from compton california you know what i'm saying and uh just came up like in the in the 80s and early 90s um and hip-hop was always like that thing for me like i was seven uh, my cousin bought me LL Cool J's radio. Can't live without my radio. Nice. And like, I was just, I was took after that. You know what I'm saying? So I've always been ahead, like getting in it as much as I can. I've been rhyming since I've been like, I want to say 10. He wrote me a rhyme when I was like nine. And then um, he used to rap. And he wrote me this rap, and I was walking around rapping. I was like, "Man, I can, I could write my own." <laughs> and in ten, that's how I started. Nice, man. I, I could hear some of the sensibilities of of that old school hip hop in your music, man. Like, how much of that influenced you, and, and how much of that, like, do you try to like bring back uh, today? I get a track, and I just write to it. You know what I'm saying? And Word. what comes out, comes out. You know what I'm saying? But. It's like it's it's mostly me. It's me. You know what I'm saying. So I guess it's not like I'm not really putting in an effort to right. kill it. You know what I'm saying. It's just like yo, this how you rhyme. Okay, let's make it happen. You know. Word. So it's you just know? all. It's just like whatever comes to mind, whatever comes yeah. out is, is the what producer. it is. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote a song. I worked at Domino's. I was a manager for Domino's. Hell, I wrote a song about slanging pizzas like it was dope you know what i'm saying like that's just you know what i'm saying i worked at starbucks coffee shop and um i wrote a song called caffeine hustlers you know what i'm saying about fucking customers getting on your nerves and all the other shit you got to do you know what i'm saying so it's just it's like what comes to head what comes to my mind i try to just get it out and i think basically as possible i think for me like listening to your music and listening to it, it just reminds me of that old school vibe because you know like back in the day like every like rap wasn't what it is today man like you right. couldn't you couldn't put out an album and then you know just start like driving a fucking bugatti you know what i mean like it's <laughs> you know what i mean like it, you you put out like tons of albums and you're just you're still at the bottom you know what i mean you're still struggling yep. it's still a struggle so so to listen to your music it's very relatable like you haven't like you haven't like changed because you're doing music you know what i mean like the game hasn't changed who you are right absolutely absolutely i mean that's like important i, I would say like right now um hip-hop has is like the catalyst for me but like 
I'm an artist first and foremost that's how I look at myself like I am an artist like regardless of if I'm writing something or like writing the film or editing it or like if I can see the art and anything I I attach to it like right now one of my biggest hobbies is like woodworking and I just adapt I just got on that like last October it just was like dang but I start seeing like the little intricacies and the and de- developing the blueprints and and doing all these things and doing different things and like now I'm like I'm building my kids bedroom set you know what I'm saying right and it's like but it's like I long as you know the principles of it and then you can like stretch the boundaries as much as you can so you know like I think that's what I've developed in. I was like always decided to be true to my art, my artistic side. You know what I'm saying? All right. Like you, you said that you actually do all this stuff like on your own. Like this is yeah. like your, yeah. like yeah. everything like you I, do is. I mean, I don't produce the tracks. Um, my dudes, I have different cats that I work with that give me tracks, but pretty much um, at this point, like progressively, I have three kids. So, like studios start being costly, you know, because I pay it out of my pocket. Right. So I set up my own studio, took a closet in the house, set up my own studio, bought the mics, pop screen. You know what I'm saying? I was like, I'm a cheapskate. So I wasn't buying <laughs> Pro Tools. So I learned how to like, I, I record, I, I learned Audacity and I re- learned how to run everything on Audacity. You know what I'm saying? And mix. And so I've been teaching myself to mix over the years and and if you see it on most of my albums, you can see like the progression of me learning the mixing. And right now I'm just doing the mass. I'm mastering my own shit right now. So it's like I wanted to be like this sort of I mean, Prince, rest in peace. His thought process musician wise was and Stevie Wonder was to be like this self-contained sort of like entity that can do whatever all the things express himself on his own and I wanted that for me like there are times where I go might go on like this crazy just fucking recording spree like I'll be honest like most of the songs that you're going to hear with little bits sprinkled here and there most of the songs that people will hear from this year for the next two years I pretty much recorded most of them like three years ago you know what I'm saying and it's like now I'm getting to them mixing them down mastering them if I say, okay, I want to re-record this, I didn't like the way this, uh, let's redo this. But for the most part, I did them all three years ago. You know what I'm saying? And that's just how I record. And I have 60 songs that I need somebody to mix down for me and master. That's a lot of bread. I got homeboys and i like, man, I've been telling them for years. I'm like, bro, you need to get that mic at the house. And like, man, you know, I'm like, man, even if you don't want to mix it, man, you save a whole lot of money just recording at your crib and 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 as you're recording you'll learn like the different intricacies of your house and where the echoes are in the closet and how to fix it do all those things but i like man shit i i mean i've probably saved i first set up my the studio probably five years ago i probably saved like easily 15 to twenty thousand dollars easy you know what i'm saying and mm-hmm. that's like me just running it off my head like i'm pretty certain if i like broke down the numbers it'll be even more than that you know what i'm saying it's just that's what it's about man like a lot of times you it gives you the freedom you have the freedom like your podcast you got a freedom to say i'm a i'm a i'm a record this shit today 
because I right. feel it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I feel it. You know what I'm saying? And you don't have to wait. And then you got your boy at the studio that might be giving you a discount. At the last minute, he might cancel the session because his paying client come and he ain't your homie. You know what I'm saying? So you like, <laughs> you, know, you like, all right, man. So I just, I avoid all of that. Like, I try to adapt the policy. If I can't pay you, I try to do it myself. Uh, it makes sense, man. It's it's because that money that you're sinking into the studio, you could be doing other things with it. You know what I mean? That yeah, I'm saving money. Yeah. The wife ain't, you know, like that's more money. You know, like you know, this is I I got to do this to this feeds the family. You know what I'm saying? So exactly. You know, so that's money that's saving where I can say we just save this money to my wife, and I say, listen, and this is how much I pay for a studio. If I take thousand dollars right now and set this up. This is how much we'll be saving. She looked at it for a minute. She's like, all right, this is how much the studio, the last album cost. This is how much it'll cost if I get this mic. All right, let's do it. You know what I'm saying? So so, uh, so you're, you're a family man. Absolutely. How's the balance between being an artist and, you know, being around with your family and making sure that, you know, they, um, they feel your presence? You know what I mean? Well, it's not really. I mean, there is no there isn't a balance you know what i'm saying there's no balance you know what i'm saying so i you just have to make decisions i had to make decisions like when we my first son um was from a previous relationship but like when my wife and i when we got together and i now i have two kids i had to make a decision like okay do i want to this was maybe like eight years ago it's like do i want to tour 130 dates a year or do i want to be a dad you know what I'm saying? So I had to like figure out my little lane and be at home and maybe do 50 dates or some dates and do dates that are closer or maybe go out like four or five days and then come home. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. For like two, three weeks and then leave and go four or five days. And I mean, to be honest, it's sort of hard to reconcile when you're doing something and you're on your way to doing it the way that you always wanted and I perceived it, you know what I'm saying? And then Mm -hmm. you're like, okay, you know, because we were like, I mean, we were doing like, me and my my folks, we were doing like, we are touring like nationally maybe three times a year and internationally, you know what I'm saying? So it was like, I was living the life, I was grinding. But um, yeah, so it took me about maybe three years to like, it took me, uh, it, it, I made the decision immediately. And that was a no brainer to me. But, you know, sometimes it takes your mental and your spirit. Sometimes they don't always catch up with each other. You know what I'm saying? So your mind knows it's the right thing to do, but your heart is longing for something else. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it took me a couple of years to get that together and really run my just like, all right, fuck it. This is the path. Let's make this happen. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, man. And, and in this day uh, and age, like music, to make money in music, man, like you gotta go on tour. You can't yeah, gotta grind. Yeah, you can't gotta like grind. rely on CD sales or, or record yeah. sales because piracy is like a thing. It's a thing. Absolutely. I mean, and, and even even then, like you know what I'm saying? Like streaming services, really, those are like promotions. Like mm-hmm. saying like. I have Tidal and Spotify and all that stuff. New album, Play Games, Volume 1 on Tidal, Spotify, all that. But 
I just saw like um, I got a printout from distributor about um, video streaming one of my videos mm-hmm. and the last period or whatever and it was like one of them had 3,500 streams but like it's like the royalty from it is like two dollars and eighty one cents for all 3,500 streams the royalty was two dollars and eighty one cents now I have one few years ago where it was like 35,000 streams and I maybe and I made like twelve dollars or something like that total so like so streaming is more like a promotional it's sort of like that thing where i look at is like yeah i'm on title yeah i'm on spotify because to the regular the average joe being on spotify and title is a big fucking deal you know what i'm saying so it's like yeah i'm on title i'm on spotify so that validates them in a that validates you to them in a world where everybody wants to be a rapper now you know what i'm saying and so that is like the necessary deal with it but i mean yeah if if all things being equal i wouldn't stream shit (laughs) like i was like nah like i got the album for you or you can go to the band camp and buy it it's just (laughs) you know what i'm saying like you ain't making no bread off of that shit man yeah but it's like you said it is promotion and you know like when it comes time to go on tour you know yeah. what I mean? That gives people... And yeah, that's how you look at it. Really, yeah. that's basically what it is, is like people really get to see it. Like, told people when I'm just posting that the album's up on title and all that, love it, buy it. You know what I'm saying? Like, just this week, people was just going to the band camp. They played it on title and then in Spotify and they go to the band camp and start buying the album. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, truthfully, you know, like, I, it's appreciative. Like, you could have listened to it on Bandcamp. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it's cool. I appreciate it, bro. Like, you know, so I'm like getting those pings. Ping, ping. You have a sale. Like, bet. Okay. You have a comic book. You have yep. a movie coming out. Yep. Um, the movie that you're working on, is it is it a, a nonfiction, a fiction movie? Like, is it... Um. I don't know. <laughs> what, is what is it? Well, you can't be all mysterious like that, man. You got to. It's called They Told Me This For Sale, right? And it's, um, I wrote it and it's about me. And uh, it is about me being signed to a manager, not going an independent route, being signed to a manager and a major label and the things that. Um, happened within that. Now, how that came along is like I originally did a album four years four years ago. I recorded an album um, called "They Told Me This Was Sell," and I was about to put it out, and my wife was listening to it, and she was like, "Nah," because usually I do short films or something per um, album. She was like, "Nah, you need to do something more for this." So then I was like, okay, well, let me write three short films and when they, they'll be video separately, but when they go together, it'll be like a, 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 like a 20, 30 minute short film that turned into like an 86, 88 page script. You know what I'm saying? And so, <laughs> and so, so there, that's how that happened. And like, um, what we ended up doing was, um, I don't want to say it's a hip hop or you know what I'm saying? I hate that shit. But like it's sort of it's a musical 
it's sort of like the Wiz. Like I perform um, nearly every song of the album in the movie. Alright. So like conversation comes up. What happened? And it's like they told me that this was sell. Maybe you should dumb it down. If I wanted to sell, probably dumb it around. And I start saying the song. And then after this after that verse, it go back to the regular conversation. And we keep talking, shit like that. You know what I'm saying? It's a caller calls on the phone, like what's going on? And we just start doing the the song together. So, you know what I'm saying? It's um it's been trying. It's been like, man. Bruh, this shit, that shit's been like a three-year process within itself, and it's still, it, it's going to total, about a, before it hits shelves, it'll be four years. Wow. So, like, the pre-production, like, writing the script, editing the script, re-editing the script, figuring out actually how to do a full-length film, you know what I'm saying? And then looking up all the shits and then reading all the blogs and shit that tell you that the average film needs two million. I mean, the average independent film is two million dollars. And then you panic and like, what the fuck? I ain't even got two hundred thousand to put on this shit. Like, right. you like, hold on, hold on. And then you like, man, fuck this. All these people I know. So then you're figuring out your budget get with my man Anthony Neal who's directed my documentary and directed the film and working out the logistics you know figuring out everything that you want to do and then having to replan the whole shit because you can't afford that shit so you like hit up dad okay we need to record at your house on this one hit up my sister yo I need to film at your house on these days and these days hit up friends hey man you want to be at a film you want to be in the film I need you to show up today at five o'clock you know what I'm saying right so just walk down the street tell somebody just walk down the street man just walk down the street ready go <laughs> you know what I'm saying like, so hey man let's use your car I need to use your car I use my sports scene so that's been like so the actual filming um, I've been filming since April 2015, and I should be done this summer. You know what I'm saying? So, word. What are you using for cameras, man? I have no fucking clue, man. I leave it up to him. Dude. <laughs> like, I like, mean, they're the big joints, or um, no, we're using DSLRs. All right, word, word. You know what I'm saying? Just like get that HD. I'm not at the 4K yet. I'm like, I just like get that HD, that nice crisp look and and i do all the editing and stuff so word and uh like uh, are you finding lighting to be like a challenge or no nah, he has like he has like his whole setup you know what i'm saying like he, he, that's what he does anthony that's what he does for a living you know what i'm saying like word film video weddings everything he just that's what he does for a living so he has a lot of that stuff because i've done like uh i've done some small videos and stuff like that and like it's I don't envy people that have to do like full movies right, like, to try right, and edit right, right. it and make everything look like right. it belongs together. Well, um, like what I haven't like I'm editing the pieces, so I haven't put it all together yet, though. So like to look at it running straight through. Um, but like some of the stuff, I mean, it has to go through like the colorization process and stuff like I'm not fooling with that. Like I'm going to pay somebody to do that, right. which it's some of the like the lighting and everything right and um so as long as you have like decent light that you can run with you can bring whatever light down you know what i'm saying you can always 
the issue is going from dark to lighter, but you can always bring shit from light to dark. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, true. In the comic book. Yep. It's uh, called um it's called The Rapper's Words. Um the first issue came out last year. The second issue will be out sometime this summer. We just started. Um basically what we do is we take um some of my songs, a song, and we 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 break down the lyrics frame and illustrate the lyrics frame by frame. So the first issue it's called A Ghost in a Shell. It's about man's dependent on technology and how um, it has brought out the worst in, in mankind a lot of times with like um, fear mongering, narcissism. You know what I'm saying? Actually, it's increased our depression. It's increased a lot of people's anxiety. You know what I'm saying? Shit like that. I mean, people are just horrible now because of it like they see somebody see somebody fall and some a lot of times rather than first thing you want to do is make sure they're all right or you see two kids fighting it's people fighting and rather you want to maybe try to break them up or just make sure you know everything is cool cats want to pull out their fucking cameras and shit and start filming it and post it to facebook or whatever so right Everybody posting a damn selfie every fifty, every fifty seconds. You know what I'm saying? Like that. You know what I'm saying? It's like it feeds into the worst of us a lot of ways, and and it's just talking about just you know, like there was a time when we just had pay phones and and the computers took like fifteen minutes to cut on. You know what I'm saying? And we we sort of got along that way. A lot of your stuff is very um, of the way of the world you know what i mean yeah it's like um like me writing and my art and all that shit is sort of like it helps me deal it helps me cope you know what i'm saying like literally i have to create something or work on creating something every day if right. i don't i get depressed you know what i'm saying so it's like every day 365 days a year i'm doing something you know what i'm saying like if i'm i'm making meals from scratch and those things like um, whatever it is, it's like it, it it lets me sort of like pour my all that shit that's going on, put it out somewhere. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, damn, I got this song. Okay, let me put it out. Oh man, this fucking promoter just took money from me. All right, put it out. You know what I'm saying? Oh, fuck, Donald Trump for president. <laughs> oh, fuck, Donald Trump or Hillary. Okay, fuck, let's let's put it out. You know what I'm saying? So that's the things that. Those are the things that um, when they run around in my head or in my heart, it's like the fact that I'm able to express these things every day, paying bills, loving my wife. You know what I'm saying? It's like I have to get those things out. It's very refreshing to to have a conceptual lyricist. Right. Right. Um, exactly. in, in a world where, you know, it's just all about booty and, and, and jewels and, and cars yeah. and. I mean, but and even that, though, is sort of like, you know what I'm saying? Like they're like, I want to say this, like they're like tons of cats that like don't like you got like Odyssey and, you know, like um, Kendrick, who's from Compton, like me. And yeah, you got a bunch of cats that that are grinding. But it's like you cats have to understand, like the industry I've worked for studios um, 
and I did promotions for like a long time going through college but I, I worked for a couple studios and like A&R's and a lot of labels the shit that they're looking at is basically they're like going saying okay um, this is what we want so it's not so much like a lot of the artists or anything. It's like, this is what we want. We want this. We want it to sound like this because this is the demo. These, this is what cats are listening. This is what cats want to hear. So that's they find that niche, and they going through just like what do future, future is having like there's like this dude um, designer or whatever the hell his name that's supposed to be popped up and sounds 100% exactly like Future and just had a number one single and stuff but like Future the the that shit that's him so they found a a spinoff so they like all right let's keep running so don't be surprised if it's like somebody sometime this year that's going to sound like designer cuz people are like okay we can do this now let's do it and let's run it you know what i'm saying <laughs> So it's like, and, and a lot of these artists, they're not even, that's sort of what the film is about. Um, but a lot of these artists, they're not even really, um, they may or may not have been like that initially. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, if you, if you're a young cat and you got cats dropping bread in front of you, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. you're like, okay, well, maybe, you know, let's do this. And then. Your manager's like, just do it this way, and we go back to your old stuff, and you can get grimy with it. But that's the thing. Once you in that trap, once you get in that bread, you know what I'm saying? And I can't, I can't lie. If I was 20, 21, 19, and somebody told me, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, here's a six-figure advance. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be thinking about, do I own my music? Do I own this? Do I own that? Do I own this? What's right. going on with this? Who controls that? What's the A&R? What are their best interests? What's in it for my longevity? What's my five-year plan? I wouldn't be thinking about that shit. I got my manager. He gave me some bread. I got 100000 You know what I'm saying? You got some half-naked chicks running around me. Yeah, where's the dotted line, bro? Let's make it happen. You know what I'm saying? And so I ain't seen 100000 before. And that's, that's basically what it is. You know what I'm saying? It's like they get a lot of these cats young. And it just happens like that. I mean, but and then you have to also understand, like, you know, the, the mass shit. I, I mean, I accept my niche. I understand it. The masses, that's the shit they want to hear. You know what I'm saying? They want to hear it. Yep. Yeah, man, it, it reminds me, man, like, you're, you're a comic book head. So, so back in the day... Yeah. It reminds me of like the whole the whole image revolution, like when you know yeah, Jim, when yeah, Jim absolutely. Lee, Rob Liefeld, all them cats became yeah. popular. Like everybody drew like Rob Liefeld, and everybody drew like Jim Lee, and everybody like yeah. you had the originators, yeah. and then you had everybody that just like you could pick copies. up you couldn't pick up a comic book without having like you know these these yeah. uh, these hyper illustrated yeah. things that look just yeah. like the the original artists you know what i mean and then they tried to like and then so then you had like you had like them so they they had to make more definition with their characters so they start drawing crazier shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> like it's like you're like okay now motherfucking his chest is too damn big bro you need to tell he looks like a fucking bird <laughs> man. Tell that shit down you know what i'm saying so yeah it's like that 
that's basically what it is. It's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I, I used to have homies that I got folks, oh man, you don't get mad. You know what I'm saying? Like you listen to the radio and it ain't this. And I ain't like, I mean, truthfully, I don't listen to the radio at all. You know yeah, what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that's just not me. But I understand what the deal is. You know what I'm saying? And if I want to run, if I want to appeal to them, I have to figure out, you know what I'm saying? I have to figure out that middle ground sometimes. Like, it's like too, too often, like especially in hip-hop, too often, we had a hip hop Republicans and a hip hop police, you know what I'm saying? And they like, oh, fuck that. They whack. These these fans don't know shit. It's like, nah, bro. These they fan. These are the fans. You know what I'm saying? Right. So let's like understand where what the deal is. And then you be able to benefit from that. So it's like no anger from me. It's like, hell, I understand. This is what they like. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's not my taste. It's not the shit I fuck with. But it's what they like. So, okay. So, either I can make a choice. I can make what they like. I can find something that they like. Or I can do my own thing. You know what I'm saying? And usually it's either I can find something that I have that they like. Or I just do my own thing. Well, yeah, you got to do what you like. Exactly. uh, Because otherwise otherwise it becomes work. You find what you like. Like what I do is I, I write what I like and I was like, OK, so I have so much shit that really. When I talk to people and they like something, I just I, I know, oh, man, you, I got this song like this. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like, oh, I like that. So then that gets them in. Find what they like. And then, you know, I'm doing my thing. And they're like, oh, yeah, the rest of your album is dope, too. You know what I'm saying? The rest of this is dope. Appreciate it, bro. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's about, I mean, first and foremost, being true to yourself. But secondly, accepting what the market is and adjusting to the market. Using a business term. It's about, you know, like uh, most times, most, a lot, not even most, let me not say that. A lot of cats that are complaining about the industry don't adjust to the market and don't understand the market. And if you understand the market and you adjust to it, and when I say adjust to it, not necessarily make the music that is made, but if you know what's getting played on mainstream radio and your music does not in any way resemble that, unless you got the bread to make them forget that, you should know that you're not gonna get played on mainstream radio. Okay, so then what's the next step? You know what I'm saying? What's my next move then? Just like that, you just save money. You know what I'm saying? And you're like, okay, so what's my next step? Okay, all right, bet. So if I don't get played on mainstream radio, maybe I can get college radio. Maybe I can hit podcasts. Maybe I can hit up dudes like this. Okay, bet. Well, all right, that's that's word. That's word. Okay, so let me play here. Well, okay. Well, I'm, I'm an actual artist with an actual album, so maybe paying to do a showcase with 40 fucking other rappers performing that night and I'm not getting on at 1 30 in the morning to perform for three minutes maybe I shouldn't do that well maybe I should try to do a show and just see what's going on and do some other shit and make it happen you know what I'm saying right and so like that's the market adjustment 
that a lot of artists that are sort of despondent with the industry haven't necessarily don't make. You know what I'm saying? And it's all market adjustments. Even even this right here, this is business. You know what I'm saying? With like we talk about the music business, but this shit I'm doing at home and independently, this is this is this is business. This is the music business. This is my I calculated how much this stuff costs. I know how much of this costs. I know how much that costs. I know how much all this stuff put together costs. I know my profit margin when I need to sell it. I know what costs four hundred dollars, and I, I aim to make four thousand for every four hundred dollars. You know what I'm saying? So like, you it, you have to sort of you still have to use that, and once you do that, you you tend to only care about your art making money off of your art, your plan for your art, the things that you want to adjust. So a lot of this shit is sort of like dead space around me. You know what I'm saying? Like there are points where I don't know. There are points where there might be, there's two, there's like sometimes where I go a year and ain't heard, ain't listened to no music except for the shit I'm writing. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Or the things that I'm doing. It's just, it might go that. I mean, I got folks, I buy all their albums. I might not listen to them for like two years just because it's a long ass line and I'm just grinding. You know what I'm saying? And so, I don't know, man. I don't even know if I answered your question. I forgot what the (laughs) hell he's talking about. (laughs) Um... The last thing I want to ask you, man, because I was going through your Twitter account. I was checking out some of your tweets and uh, I noticed a Batman v Superman tweet that you made that said that that shit was off the chain. And I want to know what your thinking is behind saying that, because I I wasn't I I didn't hate it. I'm not hating on it. I didn't hate it. I just didn't love it. Me and my kids, I went to see it with my kids and we went to the drive in. And we sitting in the back back of the truck, you know what I'm saying, popped up looking at it. And we're like, oh, oh. see how I look at movies is I, um, especially like comic book movies, mm-hmm. I look at them as if I've never read the comic book before. You know what I'm saying? Or I don't know shit about the characters. So it's like Batman versus Superman. Like I have no. It has no continuity for me. With it has no um, correlation with any of the comics. You know what I'm saying? With All right. you know, uh, nothing, nothing that has to do with the comics. It's like it's a whole new timeline on a whole another multiverse. It's like Earth 780. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and like, so that's how I look at it. You know what I'm saying? It's like it doesn't matter to me. It's like I look at it separate. Like um, Dark Knight trilogy, entirely separate deal. Earth seven hundred and seventy nine. You know what I'm saying? And so when I look at a movie, for me, for my sake, it helps me like evaluate the movie and said, okay, that's a bet. So that's why it was off the chain because it had great action. Um, I actually thought Ben Affleck was pretty awesome. Yeah, I as, thought he was good as, as Batman. Batman and Bruce Wayne. You know what I'm saying? And like. Um, and just like how it happened, Flash is my favorite character. So like he made his like appearance through the timeline and I was like, oh, and like <laughs> I always talk to my kids about Flash like back. So like Flash is like one of my oldest son's favorite characters. 
and we're all looking at them. And I was like, that's Flash. See, I, see how he traveled through time? And he's like, oh, and he's like, he's like, that's Flash. What is he doing? I was like, that's the time travel. That's the time travel. And so that's like, you know, that's my thing right there. You know, so I, I fucks with it. You know what I'm saying? I like yeah, it. I know the, uh, everybody. I know how like 90 percent of the world fucking hates it. But like, yeah, I, they, they, I think it's unreasonable to hate it. I, I think it's because it was it was not a terrible movie. I think it just had flaws. Uh, Lex Luthor being my my like to me the biggest flaw because he's one of my favorite villains. And they see, just, like, I feel like they shit on him. See, like <laughs> for me, like I have no connection whatever to Lex Luthor. Like mm-hmm. I really don't give a shit. I think I mean, I'll be honest. I think it's preposterous that Lex Luthor is one of Superman's biggest villains. I think, I mean, biggest rivals. I think it's stupid. You know what I'm saying? I think it's ridiculous. But like, um, you know what I'm saying? I, I just think it's utterly ridiculous. I'm like, okay, whatever. But like, um, so like, I have no connection to that. Like, I don't, you know what I'm saying? It's like, um, but like I said, I just looked at it as a tire, an entirely different universe. So that Lex Luthor, you know, you know, looks like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, <laughs> like for me, it wasn't about what he looked like. He was just a punk. He was a little yeah. punk. It's like that. I mean, you know, that Lex Luthor was like that. I mean, think about um, I, they they've always shit on Lex Luthor. Gods bro. Among Us, isn't that it? Yeah, yeah, and the that, game. Yeah, and you know, it's a comic series too. Yeah, I haven't read that the comic. Thor was a good guy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He was nice. I mean, you know, I don't know, man. I just. I'm like whatever, you know. Yeah, I, I, they've never gotten him right in the movies, though. Like, I mean, like Gene Hackman, uh, yeah. you know, I, I, he's always been dumb, <laughs> yeah. just a dumb villain. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, was hoping. I was just hoping that they would get him right in this one. I mean, you know, like I guess you know, like if. And don't get me wrong. I like when I hear people arguing about it. I get their point. Like it's like okay. I see, but like for me, whenever every time I see a comic, like a comic movie, I look at the comic movie for what it is. Like the X, the original, the first three X Men comics, I looked at it for what they were. And the first one was like, yeah, it's cool. The second one sucked. The third one was like, yeah, sort of sucked. And then like, um, then when they redid it, you know what I'm saying? And reboot the the two other ones i was like okay these are pretty tight mm-hmm. and then what i hear about age of apocalypse is pretty horrible but i'm still gonna go see it and right, I'm, i'll go see it you know what i'm saying <laughs> i might like it like i'll be like okay this is awesome because i don't really you know i hold they no should have released that between batman v superman and civil war because I, I did you see civil war yet nope i'm going taking the kids like next week yeah man but from what i hear everybody keeps telling me it's the greatest comic book movie ever it's if if you like action in your comic book movies man this this shit is yeah it sets a bar it sets a really high bar man um it's it's amazing it's a really amazing movie uh there's a lot of emotion involved and there's a lot of like downtime too so like you're gonna if you're hopefully you're into like character development and shit as well yeah yeah, definitely so yeah like that part of it is is ridiculous as well like i mean like the whole thing just comes together perfectly man definitely like i I love character development that's like i can look at a movie maybe twice 
feel like but if I some kind of in-depth look into the characters that'll get me to keep looking at it mm-hmm. and I mean honestly I would say like it's flawed and it, I mean it is flawed but like that's sort of why I liked um Batman versus Superman it, I, I'm not gonna say it had sort of huge character development and some of the like but it had like emotional development in a way you know right. what I'm saying and a lot of foresight into like what was going to happen like Flash coming back in time you're right you're right save her save her mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden everybody thinking he's talking about save Lois Lane but it's really like save his mom you know what I'm saying at the end and you know like you know okay the corny moment where it Martha and Martha you know what I'm saying but yeah that was that was a bit sudden. you know the corny <laughs> but like you know what I'm saying it was it was real and sort of like you know Superman dying at the end you know what I'm saying yeah which he's going to be resurrected for Justice League definitely probably a new actor though you know what I'm saying but like um you know I I, I dig it all right man that's gonna be it man we're gonna wrap it up it's been real cuz all right man appreciate it dude I'm off to cooking lunch and shit yeah man me too <laughs> <laughs> all right bro. all right peace peace dog